What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. Montrospective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. Mike and Lonnie, welcome to Montrospective. My guests today are no strangers to the combination of hard work and manifesting what they want in life. They are entrepreneurs with multiple businesses between them. In 2015, they purchased 27 acres of land and eventually built a beautiful home and have created a sacred space for you to visit, connect with nature, and stay in their guest quarters, hippie trailer, bunkhouse, or rustic campsites. And they're just getting started. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me out yesterday. Um, I want to tell all my listeners that you were gracious enough to invite me out to your home yesterday to kind of get an idea of what you really do. And it is the most beautiful space. You built a beautiful home. Um, It is just on, I know, sacred land. And we're going to get into that and talk more about how you came to acquire it and what your vision is for it. But first, I want to know for both of you, what kind of kids were you growing up and what did you envision for your lives? So um, I grew up in a small town just north of here, Plattsburgh, Missouri, and came from a very large family. Uh, I've got 10 siblings. So, um, I mean, I just always knew when I was a kid, if I wanted something, I had to go out there and get it. So I was always the, sorry, we've got a shaky table here. Um, I was always the, the kid to go out and mow the lawns all the time, shovel the sidewalks. And uh, so anyway, I think I was motivated as a, uh, as a child to go out there and if I wanted it, I had to make it happen and I had to go out there and, and uh, get it. So. So anyway, as a child, you know, we grew up in the country and uh, we're outside from sun up to sundown. So um, anyway, that was me. I was introspective and I'm still introspective and I love being introspective. That's why I majored in philosophy. Um, I would spend a lot of time by myself. My sister was the outgoing one. I was the one that would create things. I was always drawing and building things out of Legos and being playing out in mud and pretending I was a pioneer. We had a field behind us. I pretend I was a pioneer and making mud pies and, um, you know, talking to the animals. And so my, I was my own best friend kind of. 
Well, that's the common denominator. You both hit it on the head, is that you were outdoors. You kind of experienced, you know, nature and being creative and being outside. Every single one of my guests that I talk to um, very much have that connection to being outside, which I found kind of cool because I don't know if this generation has that same experience with technology and everything. Everybody wants their face in their phones or their tablets and they don't really get outside enough, which is another reason I love what you're doing because it's encouraging families and friends to come and be a part of this beautiful land that you guys have. So as I mentioned in the intro, I'm not sure that either of you are good at slowing down. Um, you have multiple businesses between you. Um, Mike, I know you've kind of been in construction, right, over the years, and Lonnie, you're a real estate broker and have your own company. Um, how do you manage it all? How do you keep all these balls up in the air with none of them dropping? Well, I'm not sure that none of them drop. You know, all we can do, all we can do is the best that we can do every day and continue to do that with a good attitude you know, throughout the years. So yeah, I mean, you just have to, you've got your dreams, you got your goals and you have to go out there and, uh, and make them happen. And there's nothing wrong with hard work. There's nothing wrong with working all day and going to bed tired and getting it up the next day and doing it again. So um, no, I mean, I think we both enjoy hard work. I think she puts in more hours than I do. I work in the middle of the night all the time. I just have a, a crazy drive. Um, and it's it's driven by my passions. And like, it's not that it's tiring, it's exciting. I, like I, I'm working on that philosopher game and I was up in the middle of the night several hours and I, I, I didn't care I wasn't sleeping, you know, it's just, all these things that we think about and work on, it's just, it, it is, it makes life beautiful and enriches life. And it's, um, I'm blessed. We are blessed to have the opportunities to, to be able to do all these things we yeah, do. For sure. Of being appreciative of everything you have um, in the moment. And I know that you both are, it's obvious. I mean, I pulled onto your property and felt this incredible energy and walked into your home, you've created just um, an, an area of peace. And I hope you both feel that every single day, obviously that you're there, but it was abundant when I pulled into it. I know that you guys, well, and actually, since you brought it up, I don't know how much you wanna talk about your game right now, since it's kind of still in production, but I do Next wanna time. bring up the fact yeah, we'll, we'll have a separate episode on that, that. but I want to bring up the fact um, to demonstrate how driven you are. This was a concept you had probably less than two or three weeks ago, and you've already designed everything, talked to the people you need to talk to. So just to kind of um, demonstrate the type of drive she has, she had an idea and she just went full bore at it. And are you like that in every aspect of your life? You just, you come up with something and just go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's nice to have a um, partner on this Milo Farm project because we were the perfect balance on that. Like I was the design driver. I was I was up in the middle of the night when we were designing the house and like ideas and you know and um, and then he's the 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 physical creator of it. So um, yeah. So each you know in each business entity you have to have that strong 
um, partnership or your group of people that help support you. And there's no way that either one of us could have done the magic at Milo Farm without each other. Well, and we'll go ahead and get into that now um, because you guys do have a blended family. You've each got a few kids between you. And I know you're waiting for kids to get out of school before you you know, took on this project. You found the land in kind of a unique way. And I know when you found it, it was in pretty bad shape. And Mike, you had to do tons of work to kind of get it to where it is today. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So I was remodeling a house a few blocks from here. Yeah, we have uh, a flip. We do flips and rental properties. So. So basically our whole goal for as far as income, and we can go with how to, we can go, later into how we we basically both of us were in kind of different completely different fields when the economy crashed in 2007 or 8 yeah, when the housing market running crashed. bookstores and, Mike and i had was a, a video i was a head of i owned a video production company so um so anyway and then when the housing market crashed we completely Recession. yeah well we completely flipped and started um buying and selling real houses. estate investors. Yeah. Was that so, a decision you guys came to together that yes. well, kind, kind of yes. yeah. So, <laughs> so we can just tell you that story right now. So I was in video production. She was a, a senior level in borders bookstores and um, the recession caused my business. I lost probably 80% of my business, but I had had rental properties in the past, but in 2005, my production company was doing so well that I just didn't have time to mess with the, the rentals that weren't making me as much money as the video was. So I sold, luckily I just sold everything in 2005. So when the, the video production went down after the recession, I was like, Lonnie, I know real estate. I know how to make money in rentals. Let's just start buying a few. Well, that organically started because we bought a new house and we used the house we lived in as our, our, rent, our first rental. So that was. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so anyway, by the time Borders was closing down, we were buying so many houses that it, we were like, Lonnie, you might as well get your real estate license because, um, you know, we're paying a lot in, in real estate fees. So she got it and just to toot her horn, the very first year she got her real estate license, she was nominated for Rookie of the Year in the metropolitan Kansas City area. So she just took off gangbusters. And uh, so anyway, so back to this place, we were remodeling a house down the road. She called me, we always looked at the foreclosure list and that was kind of our, our deal is we buy- the Courthouse foreclosures. We buy There's houses off, of the courthouse steps, off the courthouse steps. And uh, we got really good at looking at houses, figuring out exactly what it was going to cost to remodel that house. Yeah, even going we in, sell it we were, had a formula. We have a formula. Yeah. And uh, we were just really good at what we were doing. And um, so she told me that there was this farmhouse down the road. Go look at it. It's going coming up in a few weeks. I came out here. I fell in love with it right away. She came it, out yeah, here. Yeah, grew up in the country. So. Yeah, she came out here and uh, just really, don't buy that house. We've got way too many projects going. We did. Yeah, well, we always do, as you have it already alluded to. Like yeah, because it's all septic, <laughs> and all of the the p traps had 
you know, it'd been empty for and years. Animals had done their animals thing had lived inside, in here. inside. Well, not in here, but with the old farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. overgrown and. You and couldn't see 10 feet down, out, out the doors and windows were broken. We didn't know what the neighbors and, were like. Yeah. So anyway, she was like, don't, don't buy that house. It's, you got too many things going on. Well, I went to the auction anyway, and it went so cheap that um, I just went ahead and bought it. So there we go. We well, you, saw the, you saw the potential there. You knew what you could do with it. Whereas yeah. Lonnie, you saw all the work that had to go into it. Right. Well, if she would have been at the auction and it, she would have said, go ahead and buy it because the price I got it for a dollar more than they wanted for the property. So yeah, so typically when you go to courthouse auctions, and it's even worse now because the market's freaking crazy. But uh, even back then, post recession, you're 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 bidding against uh, between five and twenty five investors. Right now, I bet it's between twenty five and hundred investors. So after we purchased the property, started coming out here, cleaning it up some, and uh, I'd come out on the weekends. Shortly, she started coming out on the weekends and it wasn't too long before she fell in love really fell in love with the property too once we you know really got the smell it. out of here explored it and saw all of the land and um so it wasn't long within six months or so i just said you know we got us for so cheap i'll just keep it for us to come out and you know just play on it it's only 30 minutes from our house and, we were living um, Lee Summit. Yeah, we were in Lee yeah. Summit at the time. And within the first six months or so, she was like, you know, Mike, if you tore down that old house and built us a new house there, I'd move out there with you. So it wasn't, I probably that day, I was buying a bobcat and figuring and I was out, calling you know, an architect. Figuring and out what we could do to get out here because, you know, I was super duper excited. So... We took our time when we planned it. It took almost a year with the architect. Yeah. Which, you know, you go back and forth and back and forth and he suggests something and you're like, no, I want this, I want this. And he got, and then he would go, go measure your furniture. I thought that was weird. Yeah, that was you a know, good idea though. It, it was, was a, a really good, good idea. idea. Does it, you know, where, do you want enough room to walk around? How much room around the king size bed do you want to walk around in your master? And you know, and what kind of like, what would be the perfect layout? And it was fun. Yeah, and I'd never, um, I'd remodeled 100 houses or more probably, but I'd never built a house from ground up. So I was really nervous about tearing down a perfectly good house to start over. Well, it wasn't perfectly good, but. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I can fix any house. So so to me, most houses are perfectly good, perfectly good houses to begin with. So I really had to, one day I was like, okay, we're going to start this. And I just took my bobcat and rammed it into the side of the house. And I was like, there's no going back now. So, <laughs> I bet that felt is. really good. <laughs> well, and I know that you put a lot of personal touches into the home that you used some wood from the land. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why that was important for you to incorporate it? Well, yeah, the, um, one, we have several forests here. Um, and one is Cedar Forest, that's to the south of us. Um, and it's beautiful. Each forest has a different feel to it. And that one's really deep and mystical. And um, we uh, um, got some fun pictures too of going there and looking and taking down the cedar trees. We wanted to put some cedar trees. We pictured putting cedar trees on the front porch was the main thing we were gonna do with the cedar yeah. trees. Then it evolved to 
putting some inside and there's the well you can see like right that. here so we have a, a forest seat ceiling and you can't see all the way up there that cedar tree but what was really fun about building this house is the architect came up with the skeleton plan and really everything inside was completely organic we didn't have plans you know when we started the plan was to we had no plans for all this. No detail we, plans. No detail plans at all. I mean, there's room laid out, you know. All sizes. of this, you can see up here, I guess, these are big 15 inch, super big oak beams. Well, I was just on the internet, scrolling through Craigslist. I'd like to buy stuff at auction and buy stuff in bulk. And that's why really we were afford to build this house because I bought a lot of material and I still up on my hill have a lot of material. And, I, and uh, you know, I can just go to my material pile. She calls it the junk pile, but it junk saved hell. us hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, uh, you know, I can just go up there and in the barn and get probably 50% of the material that we built this house with. And I, we already had that I just bought for projects that I knew that I would use sometimes. At Car we went to those bid auctions where you get pallets of miscellaneous stuff. And we were like, I don't, you know, we might have for like a, a flip or a remodel, we might've need one chandelier in the, in the, in the pallet, but we kept everything. And that's where a lot of like miscellaneous stuff, like, oh, that would be great. And then here, here, it was, everything just fell into place. It was so crazy. Talk about synchronicity and miracles. Yeah. But back to well, the, back to the, ahead. There, I was just looking on Craigslist and it just said oak beans for sale. I thought, oh, that's neat. So, and there's probably a couple pictures or something, but I went out and, and looked at them and it was in Kingsville and it was a log cabin that had burnt down. And the guy had just piled the whole log cabin in a pile. And I got those beams, I got a lot of structural oak lumber that was never part of the plan for a couple thousand dollars. And you know, I had to take it angle grinder and grind all of the the uh, the, the fire off of the, all the beams and everything and um, and then we just incorporated them into the plans that's kind of how things fell into place and um it, it, it was just amazing like it happened to have that posting on craigslist at the time that at he that was time. looking and that's kind of just a perfect example like how everything fell into place like this was meant to be not just this house, but the land and the, the campsites and the... And it was super fun, you know. There was times that we had things already built. And we'd find something in the barn. Like you can see up over my shoulder here, there's that light shining through that hallway. Those transoms there, I just found one day in the barn. Stained glass. And, uh, yeah, they're stained glass transoms. And we literally walked around the house. Okay, where can we put these? Oh, this looks cool. This looks cool. And I just cut out the hole and put them in there. And then, okay, now we have these holes. Let's get the lights that fit exactly. Got this little, you know, antique light. Do you want it? I was like, oh, and then we, yeah, either I would know a perfect place for it or we'd create a place for it, so. Well, that's what I feel. You guys are like the king and queen of repurposing items. Everything in your home has a story of where you got it and where it came from. Um, is that intentional for you? Do you, you know, do you enjoy finding things, knowing the history about it, incorporating it into your home. I mean, down to light fixtures, everything. Um, we walked through the house and literally you had a story for almost every item in your home. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, we do. It was not intentional. Um, again, it just falls into the synchronicity. Like it was meant to be, you know, um, but no, when we were designing, we not at all. Yeah. And, you know, she is on way more of a spiritual path right now than I am. And I'm getting there, but you know, I, I just always, she calls it synchronicity. I, I just think that I'm like the luckiest, maybe one of the luckiest people alive. I always felt that I'm super lucky when I'm looking for something or start a project, just all of a sudden, boom, we're building a carport up there. We wanted a carport, went to an auction and I found the exact amount of lumber that I needed to build these humongous Douglas fir beams and the exact amount of roofing material right in a pallet I mean, just ready to go. Yeah, it's like little fairies drop these things for us in front of our really, path. Really <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Spirit world is guiding us to bigger and better things. I think that's why you guys are a nice compliment to each other. Is Lonnie, you definitely are more spiritual. Mike, you're a little bit more grounded in what, you know, your reality is and everything. And you call it luck, but you know, that's got to come from somewhere. You can't just be the luckiest man in the world. I mean, come on. But but you said you're coming around, you're learning. Lonnie is a great influence. I mean, we spent an afternoon together yesterday and had the greatest conversation. So yeah. I'm sure in your household, you probably get into some interesting conversations just about life and how things happen for the both of you. And Lonnie, you're a very creative artist. I got to see your studio yesterday which is so cool um would you say that's one of your most creative outlets is is you know painting and, and doing those things is that what you enjoy oh gosh there's so many things I enjoy in life I feel like I should have been like six different people because there's um everything that's creative I enjoy like designing this house like that was a big creative release I know there was a time when I was I worked really hard at the book, book borders at the bookstores. Retail is a hard, you know, retail management's hard, hard work. And, um, and you don't get as much of a creative release. And I know I was really missing it. Then I thought about that. Like I need something to do. And now it's like, things are falling into place. And like, I, there's so much creative, like out, even out in the woods, we can be creative and, and, you know, I can be creative with real estate, starting new companies and things, but it's, I, I love that the creativity is not going to stop. Like we have all these other projects. It's here on the farm specifically. We have all these other projects planned and um, that kind of like keeps you excited for the future. Like I'm never depressed, you know? Both of us are creative in our own ways and we never got to really express creative side until the last few years because we've just been working so hard you know yeah I used to design uh, jewelry lost wax and pottery and I'm just so excited to be able to start slowing down in our other things and concentrate on the property here we're going to give pottery classes to people who come out and stay with us she's going to you know we've just got a lot of super fun stuff that yeah this in store well, that's funny because I was just about to say, Mike, I have to imagine if I visit you on any given day, you're going to have a tool in your hand or something that you're constantly building or fixing or creating something. What was that like for you to finally see all of this come together and all of your physical hard work, you know, finally, you know, not done, but to the point it is now? 
Well, for the house here, I mean, I almost every day I sit on the couch and I'm like, I cannot believe that we built this place. And it, it just turned out amazing. I do, that's funny because I do that like every morning when I walk through, this is a big area and we'll, you know, we're open to retreats even in the main floor because it's a big open area. But I walk through every morning to make my coffee and there's nobody's awake yet because I get up early and I, I just talk to the house, you know, everything is energy, right? And I say, mm -hmm. and, and I talk to the, the spirits that helped us and the support that we had. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, and uh, to Mike and, uh, you know, everybody involved in the project, thank you, thank you, thank you. This house is beautiful. I love you. I love you. Thank you. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, this we was a appreciate it. This was, we didn't hire contractors to come in here and build this house. We decided to do it. I got on probably Facebook or Craigslist, put an ad for framers, and I hired three guys one day. Well, actually, I hired a framing crew that was going to come out in the day that they were supposed to start because I'm a great remodeler, but I'm not a great framer. So the day they were supposed to start, they upped their price way up on me. I was like, forget you guys. So I'm like, we got this. We can do this. So I hired three guys off of Craigslist and uh, I got so lucky, so lucky. My lead framer on this thing he was amazing. Couldn't have done it without him. And they stayed with me. So Lonnie and I and these three guys built this entire house. It took us a year and four months. And uh, really the hardest part for this thing for me was the lighting. You only get one chance at getting the lights right. And, you know, we didn't have lighting designers or anything like that. And uh, so I was the most worried about that. And I'd come over here in the middle of the night and hold what lights I thought I was going to use and in placement and uh yeah it worked me, out great yeah and I gotta you know with picking out the lights too you got to think about like how much light they put out like I'm looking up in the dining room um we actually got that at Carver yeah. it blown hand blown glass uh chandelier but I knew that I mean I, I knew that wasn't going to be very bright and I like to do like games speaking of games um you know at the at, here at the dining room table so you know you got to we were laying out added can lines to it. So yeah, when you're, you just walk through a house, you're not, you don't really think about what the thought that went behind the lighting, not just where it should be or the, the type of fixture that goes there. There's so much in the switches, like where, where could the, should the switches be that makes intuitive sense for that space? And you didn't kill each other doing it, so that's good. Uh, it was tough. It was we were with this. It was tough. Yeah, he has got he, tons of ideas that sound good on paper, but they, and that's where I ground it back to reality. And this is what you know. This is what math has to be. This is what you know. This is the reason why everybody else. She's like, oh, we don't want to do everything like everybody else does. So well, there's a reason why everybody does those things. But he gave in with the sum of, with all my design, and he ended yeah. up liking my designs. So that was good. That's how you both learn from each other. I love that. And so you have this beautiful home. It's done. You're sitting there. You're grateful. When did the idea for opening this up and and making it available to the public? When did that sort of manifest? Well, Mike had started talking about, um, you know, have 
you know, opening up campers and, you know, played around with some, the, the campsites out there. But the first real um, step we took was offering the lower level as a guest quarters for the Airbnb. And our first Airbnb guest was uh, July of uh, 2019. And well, yeah. We didn't think that, we just thought, oh, because nobody was ever using the basement. So, um, well, we, we built it extra for the, once the kids, you know, come with back with their grandkids and stuff, but yeah, we are like that right now it's a waste. And cheerfully, that's the whole reason why I kept this place and built this house. I wanted a grandkid trap. I wanted all of the grandkids to always want to come out here as opposed to us having to travel around, you know, to see them. <laughs> I always want them and it's already happening. Yeah, I just wanted everybody, I wanted this to be for all of our, our kids and our grandkids, this to be the focal point. Their parents. oasis. Yeah. And their legend and the family, um, you know, carry on, the family to carry this on. Yeah, so we opened, we started our Airbnb and then Mike cleared the two rustic campsites. Then, um, and I had been talking about having people out and having spiritual retreats and, you know, this land, we didn't talk about the kind of the history of it, but it's, uh, there's, we're on 26 acres, 27 acres with the, the lane. The history, I don't tell you the years, but <clears throat> the Mormon, there's, uh, Mormons owned it for a long time. And the neighbors had talked about the Mormons having um, group, they had gatherings out here and they saw visions and in the cedar forest especially because it's very like i said mystical and spiritual but selling vision hearing um seeing visions and um in and, and having um ceremonies and things and um church out in the woods and because <clears throat> the connection the veil is thin here um anyway it just has a really good vibe to it and um so then i was talking about that but the, the next step after that was the, the hippie trailer. And Mike is really good, again, at getting miscellaneous stuff at auctions. And, and I bought it for the surprising. purpose of making a cabin yeah, but, out of it at one point. And, you know, he, we got all this stuff where we have purpose of, you know, wanting to do it, but not having the time. So I sat up on the hill, Junk Hill, for a while. And I was just, oh, I was walking the dog. And I was like, that's an eyesore. So I was like, I got it. I really want to paint that. And um, again, synchronicity the next day, I went to a hardware store that's going out of business. And I got all this spray paint for 50% off. <laughs> like, it just seems magic, like, happened like that. And um, came back that weekend without telling Mike and just went crazy and started spray painting. And, and it, just, it just came out of me, like, the whole thing. And then Mike walked up and he's like, hmm. Yeah, okay, well, maybe we'll, because he was going to cite it, was it. citing over it. So he gave in, and we uh, have a hippie trailer now, and moved it. He built a nice deck on it, and I, and I designed the inside, and it's a cool little sacred spot, um, a solitary spot up uh, on the hill for hip campers. If you go to hipcamp.com, you can rent that. And that all started, it had always, it, so the Airbnb, we thought, oh, maybe a few people come out here, you know, every now and then. Well, once that opened up, I mean, we've almost been booked almost every single weekend for a year and a half now. Yeah, even when COVID started, um, it we had a lull for like one month, but then, yeah, they, and then you the know, like, oh yeah, we got to get out. Yeah. But COVID is really so the we always I'd have plans for a couple of years to do 
campsites and, you know, tree houses and, you know, just fun stuff out in the woods. And the plan was always to have, because we've got a couple miles of trails as to where you could never see one campsite from another. You know, if you walked along the trails, you would see another one. So that had always been the plan, the future plan, you know, after we got the house done, got the immediate vicinity around the house done. She wanted her carport done, which was almost done. Yeah, which is also a pavilion. So we're going to have events there, like yeah, bands. It it's super It's nice. really, really nice. It's got electricity. So it's going to be multi-purpose. But the plan was to always do the camping and stuff. And, but COVID hit. And I think that maybe it was synchronicity. I don't know when she went up there and painted the, uh, the, the trailer. But when they said everybody needs to stay home, you know, we just stayed home. So I was like, well, we might as well remodel the- uh, The trailer got done before the, COVID. But the perfect timing, yeah. It was, we got it on his it camp. Was, yeah. It, uh, so anyway, we started it all during COVID. And so we got that one done. And then we've got a, another bunkhouse over here on the other side that we also built during COVID. And, Mm-hmm. So it was fun. And they just so took cool. right off too. I mean, they've been Yeah, I have campers in the middle of the was, Yeah. In the summertime they were booked like all the time. So they've got they can hike the trails, they can fish in the ponds, they can use our pool. The guests downstairs have two saunas, um, a steam sauna and a rock sauna and a hot tub. So it's more than just getting out into nature. It's like for if you're an Airbnb guest downstairs, it's like a, a definitely a retreat. And the campers, it's just a little way, you know, we're just we're in Jackson County, so we're Kansas City Metro. So they don't have to go very far, even if they come from Olathe or whatever, to just get a taste of country. And I'm very extroverted, so I love the guests. And sometimes, like, too friendly with them. <laughs> you like to talk to everybody. Yeah, so, I mean, that's how I am. And she's more introverted, as she said before. But she's, uh, she's enjoying having guests here. Yeah, I mean, I've led, um, I lead nature walks. I, um, and I tell the history of the property. And then I lead um, nature walks and we do a walking meditation and we stop in the Zen garden. There's a Zen garden that's got amazing energy to it. And then Temple Hill and we do fairy crystals because um, we have a fairy forest and uh, we have a gnome forest and some other mythical places. So you guys aren't done yet, obviously. You mentioned you have plans for the future. I know you've said tree houses. I think I saw and heard yesterday that you're thinking about a hobbit cave. Oh, we're gonna do a hot like that as well. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. exciting. That's it's but he started to dig it out. Um, but just to be able to design a hobbit hole, I mean, what a dream. This round Michael be able to build a round door. I mean, how often does a carpenter be able to, you know, have that opportunity? Um yeah, yeah, these earth products there is gonna be out of cob and um yeah, it's gonna be really neat. It'll be neat. Yeah, and have like the every all the furniture be kind of the crooked wooden furniture, you know. So I'm, I'm thinking about the inside and the, the outside, a little um, like little trail with a mini garden and flowers. I mean, just oh, but flowers. That's thing. It okay. So last talking about Mike and going to auctions. Last, I can't have flowers like I used to, and I love them because. 
uh, Mike went to an auction last spring and what he brought home that time, he was supposed to bring home a goat, right? So we got three goats, a donkey and a ram. <laughs> and they were all babies last spring. So they're like coming on a year old and we're hoping to have baby goats, but yeah, now yeah, we so have not, our- I don't know what she's talking about. They go and eat the flowers, so I can't have flowers like I did because they love to eat everything. And it's not just goats. You, everyone knows goats, which I, I, I am really susceptible to poison ivy, and that's one of goats. That's the goat treat. They love that. But the donkey and uh, Socrates, um, he's a four-horned ram. Um, they all eat everything. It's not just the goats. <laughs> Cute, they're right? so I cute love them, yeah. i love them too we call them our babies it's like have you put the babies to bed and every night mike mainly mike i do sometimes but puts them to bed which they get treats men go to bed they get a roam and they get to graze the whole land and and they know the borders they, they test us sometimes but um and then at night mike walks them down into their little pen the gives them treats <laughs> and yeah they all follow him well sometimes sometimes i fight it <clears throat> But uh, we love them so much. Yeah, and they, I'd have a lot more. She's holding me back on that. Well, we it, it limits us to what because we you know we have enough responsibility that yeah. and they're a perfect you know five and they're all they think they're all I don't know what they think they all think they're all goats that the donkey's just the leader goat. Um, but it, it's great that the guests love it. I mean, sometimes I know that we get, you know, reviews and that's in there almost all the time. Oh, the kids love the animals. They love the animals. They love feeding the animals. Well, if yeah. you ever get the, the baby goats ever come around, my husband will volunteer to come take care of them every day. He has yeah. an obsession with goats, especially baby goats. And so this time of year, okay. he's, he's really uh, itching to find some baby goats to take care hey, of. And I won't likes... let him have one here. So <laughs> if he likes goats, we've got this uh, male goat out here that I mean he will sit there he'll play fire. with you for an hour his name is fire and you know he likes to, to ram so I mean you could push him on the head punch him on the head he and it, he'll <laughs> rear up and oh he just loves playing so anyway if he wants to come out and play <laughs> I mean a lot of times goats and animals want to do their own thing and you can pet him for a minute but he'll sit there with you for an hour you know, we have a lot of things like that that they can do. It's not just, you know, camping out um, a little bit outside of Kansas City. This, what's most, what's the most important thing to me in sharing this property is, is getting people to realize that there's more to life than social media and, you know, their jobs and, that they got to find a piece of them. They can find a piece of themselves or looking for a piece of themselves in nature to honor nature, to get out and feel the positive energy of this place. Like I bless everyone that comes here and I'm hoping that, and they say they do, they leave refreshed and fulfilled and energized and cleared. And that's, that is my, my main purpose is to help people um, have a little taste of heaven, I guess, uh, you know, when they can on their time off. Um, a lot of yeah. times I'm jealous of the people who come out here and stay because 
you know, we get home and we have to take care of this property. Yeah, we have more work to do. So, <laughs> you know, we're working on it a lot and they're out there playing and having fun. And so anyway, yeah, yeah a lot of times I'm jealous of everybody else who gets to come out here. Well, I, like I said, I loved it. I can't wait to come stay there. And I live three miles away from you, but to be able to, to stay there and have that all around me, um, I don't think people realize how important it is to stop and be quiet. Whether mm -hmm. you meditate or not, it's just stop and be quiet and listen to yourself. That's when messages and everything are given to you. And we live in a society now where everything is so fast paced and technology driven and social media driven that it's important to reconnect with nature and just stop and, and listen to yourself, listen to your higher self. So the fact that you both had the presence of mind to not just selfishly keep this all to yourself, but to share it with others is, is really incredible. So I'm thrilled that you did it because I had no idea until recently you were just right down the road from me. So you're probably going to have me as a frequent visitor. So hopefully you yeah. like me because, you know, <laughs> I just think what you've done is really special. And I wanted to have you out for events and that's, that, that's the part I want to grow more. We were going to have several events got canceled last year because of COVID. We did have our um, fish fry Dharma talk, but the, so I'm probably going to have more Dharma talks, um, meditation classes, um, that I would like to do goat yoga. I wouldn't be, I'm not um, a goat, a, a, a goat teacher, a yoga teacher. <laughs> I am a goat teacher, but not a yoga teacher. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so, you know, having you out to like lead astrology class or whoever, we have um, an astronomer, we got a, a contact event on March 15th um, is World Contact Day. So we have a um, C5 contact event up on Temple Hill and another one the following Saturday, March 27th. Um, I'm probably going to do another Dharma talk, but haven't really planned out all of 2021's events. Um, but you can always go to miloform.com to check out um, what's coming up. Yeah, and the camping and stuff is super cheap here. I mean, it's yeah, so the, so we're not here to we're not here to try to make a bunch of money. The hippie trailer and the bunkhouse both have heat, so they can be camped. And air conditioning, yeah. And air conditioning, so they, but they they camped all seasons. Um, the rustic campsites is up to your endurance. <laughs> we did a single lady not too long ago in the winter that, that pitched a tent, but more power to her. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, there's been more women yes. out here camping than guys. Yeah, way, rustic camping. Way yeah. more. Rustic, yeah. With their it's daughters. exciting to see. Go Most girls. of the time, it's women and their kids, single uh -huh. ladies. Mothers and daughters, it's, yeah. And there was a few of them. I remember this one particularly, she, she goes, oh, and she wasn't single, she was married. My husband won't do this. She, he's at <laughs> home watching football. You know, he's, yeah. he's a wuss, he won't come camping. So it was the, the mom and the girl and the son and the, the dad stayed home. I love it. Well, I think that has so much to do with the spirituality element of everything, too. I think women are a little bit more sensitive to wanting to connect to yourself, connect to nature. So the fact that they're willing to come out and camp and do that, I think, is really super cool. So, yes, for all the women listening right now, even during the time of COVID, this is the perfect place to go visit right now. I mean, talk about social distancing and everything. You've, you've got all these little areas to yourself and you can explore. Um, so it's really a perfect time for you guys to have started this because, you know, 
you're not like a major hotel or anything like that, you, you can provide those um, amenities to people. And one thing I wanted to ask is what advice would you give anyone who wants to do something similar to what you guys are doing? I mean, we've kind of heard your story, but where would you tell someone to start? That's a it, tough one. It is tough. Well, first off, being in real estate, the real estate market's freaking crazy. Even before, so the inventory levels have dropped, 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 dropped um, the last five years. So the, the amount of properties, including land to purchase has been difficult. But with COVID, <clears throat> interest rates are really low. So there's a lot of buyers and there's not much to purchase. So really, the first, if you want something on land, the first thing is to find the best property, but good property within a good you know, distance from, a short distance from a major city is really, really hard. With not just Kansas City, like I've got a son in Denver and it's of course worse there. Um, but farther out would be fine. So finding the perfect spot that's got the right energy <clears throat> with um, good accessibility and uh, have water and, and electric to it. But of course you can add that later. With the real estate and everything, it's just going out there and doing it. It's, you, you know, we go to, we used to go to these real estate seminars when we first started and you'd see all these people making the plans of what they're going to do and spend years planning, thinking about it and, and planning. The and, you know, you just got to, I've, I always said, you just got to be like Nike. You just got to go do it. So, you know, you, you at some point you got to stop planning and you just got to, to do it. And you got to realize that anytime that you're an entrepreneur or doing your own thing, you've got to put the hours in, you got to, you know, it's not, it's not a nine to five job. Yeah, so it's not as five days a week. It's a seven day a week job. Everybody wants to get rich quick and yeah, flippers think like you just like hire um, a contractor and hire a real estate work. agent. You know, we hire a contractor and a real estate agent. That's how you are successful. You have to put blood, sweat, and tears into the project. And Mike's right. No, it's just not nine to five. It is twenty four seven. Yeah, twenty four. You. you yeah, just it's not for the faint guys at don't all. eat you alive. If I didn't go learn how to fix furnaces and learn how to install air conditioning systems, we wouldn't be anywhere close to where we're at. You gotta you gotta put the work in. There's no get rich quick schemes out there. But finding the magical place, you know, it, it might be difficult, but things will fall into place if it's meant to be, if it's in the stars, right, Heather? Um, yes. I believe in dowsing, like, so, like, if you get a map, you want to narrow it down to a certain part of the country or whatever, and, like, and help your pendulum or something narrow down to some spaces to look at, some properties to look at, and start there, you know? You can make, you know, what's that saying, um, if you build it, they will come? Absolutely. So find your place, build it, and they will come. Well, I'm sure that there's some people in your lives, whether friends or family, that think you're a little crazy for doing all of this. How do each of you deal with criticism? Criticism is hard because I take it personally, more so than I should. And I guess it's not so much, I don't know. I, I think I know that we're certainly on the right path. I try to let it roll off my back. I mean, the, the only, the, I guess the most critical thing would be um, if someone not believing in 
that our mission is the right mission. Well, everybody has their own mission in life. And if mine's to raise <clears throat> the vibration of the land and of the people that are on the land, <clears throat> you know, let it be. And let me, I, I'm going to be at peace with that. And um, I will just pray that they are peace with uh, their mission in life. What inspires the both of you? Life is awe-inspiring. Nature's awe-inspiring. I looked out and there's just this, all these birds out in the lawn and like that inspires me. And so we have the most amazing sunrises here. We can't quite have- sunsets. Well, sunsets if you're on Temple Hill, you know, we build that observatory and we'll have a sunset. Um, But the sunrises are amazing and that's inspiring. Like God painted this, so many beautiful sunrises for us. And we really enjoy the sunrise and sunsets and that we, you know, position this house in our bedroom windows and oh, just yeah. for that. So, Great yeah. views. The views here and it's so airy and <clears throat> just life is awe-inspiring. I just, yeah, I, life inspires me too. I, yeah. I just, again, I can't even, words can't, can't say what I feel about how wonderful and exciting. The prospect of a good future. It is all now. There's no future. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. that's why you know anyway you'll, you'll catch up mike you'll get there you'll get so, there <laughs> i'm trying to wrap my head around that concept of everything is happening at once there has to be a, a timeline you know. and on earth you know but but you're open to thinking about it and that's half the battle right there as long as you're open and you you know kind of take it all in and come to your own determination that's all any of us can ask so and i love the fact that you're so, so supportive of lonnie and all of this and everything she wants to do because i know you don't buy off 100 on everything not yet you're working on it but i mean just to build the things that you know she wants to create it's a huge testament to how much you care about her because you want to see her happy and do all of this and you know, Lonnie, I know that you take care of Mike in that way. So I just, I think you guys have a really nice complementary relationship when it comes she to two people so. that kind of think differently. Yeah, I'm trying. She doesn't know I'm halfway through her favorite book. No way. What's your favorite book? Autobiography of a Yogi. Yeah. You're reading that? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I like it. I, I see it, it's tough for me to believe that, you know, yeah, that all these things that he says, you know, literally happened. Because I'm more of, you know, I'm from Missouri. You got to show me. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that faith thing that mm-hmm. that I struggle with. You know, oh. I'm more I love that you just shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Seeing her face. That's cool. <laughs> well, mantraspective is all about. It's a word I created, which basically a mantra is what you say to yourself and your perspective on 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 whatever that is. So I usually do um, a find your mantra perspective challenge. And, you know, for you guys, I'm not going to give you a specific scenario, but what do you do when something goes wrong? We all have those things that happen to us, whether we get stuck in traffic and we're late and we can allow those things to affect our mood and affect, you know, it could ruin the rest of our day. What do you do when those things happen to kind of counteract that and not allow it to take you down a negative path? Well, for me, I mean, I, I've always had the different mantras of, you know, just trying to stay, once you have an idea, work towards that idea. 
you know, when, when I was 20 years old, I, I worked at a law firm and, you know, there was very powerful people there. And, uh, and I was a very shy kid and I wrote, you know, you're as good as everybody else on my, you know, on my mirror in my bathroom and said that to myself on the way to work every day. Cause I was trying to self-improve myself and, uh, and it worked and it gave me so much like self-confidence, maybe too much. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that I, that I work on trying to keep that down. But uh, yeah, re really, as far as staying positive is just knowing that you're doing your best. If you're doing your best and you're working hard and not doing drugs and you know, drinking too much, then it's going to work out. It always has. I haven't had a, it's probably been gosh, 25 years that I've been completely self-employed. And, uh, you know, you got to know that there's good times and there's bad times. And you know that if you're always working towards the good times, it's going to work out. You can't sit there and get mired down in all the little stuff or it'll just eat you alive. So uh, mm -hmm. I always keep looking towards the bigger picture and, uh, and don't, you know, try not to let the, the small stuff get you mired down. Now I take it, uh, <clears throat> I always think of like that three, <clears throat> three strikes and you're out, <clears throat> excuse me, scenario. So like if I'm working on a project and I hit a wall, I'm like, okay, let me try to work this way and, and work on it more, hit another wall. Okay, let's go this way and see if it works out. <clears throat> Third time, hit a wall, not meant to happen change your perspective, change your whole plan. That wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be, just deal with it. And uh, that, you know, there's a bigger, the universe has a bigger, better place for you to go. So I don't let it bother, I don't let things bother me. Sometimes I get irritated in traffic and stuff and just take a deep breath and like, okay, this is just more time for me to, you know, think or, you know, meditate with my eyes open or whatever, you know. Just try to make a lemonade out of lemons. What mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going? I, I think it's the opposite of a mantra. I don't say anything. I go, I clear my mind and that's what keeps me going. You, you know what could kill you without even knowing about it is that constant mind chatter, something you worry about something this is going to hurt me. This is going to happen. This, what if this happens? Blah, 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 blah. That will give you an ulcer that will kill you. You clear your mind. You, you don't have to be meditating. If you've meditated long enough, you can get into the meditative space, space pretty quickly. So that's my mantra is just clear and open up. Yeah. And I am super been learning that negative thoughts are like negative to your whole being. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've always been, you know, I've got some buddies that are always, you know, life is so rough, my body hurts, my back hurts, blah, 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 blah. But I always, you know, I hurt my back several times and I was like, I'm gonna beat this. You're not gonna win. You know, I'm in charge of how my body feels. And, uh, 
and we've been good about beating it. Yeah. Good. Well, Mike and Lonnie, you welcomed me into your home. And I got to see firsthand your commitment to the sacred space and how you are selflessly sharing it with others. And I can't wait to see all these other fantastic elements come together. So if you're interested in learning more about Milo Farm, visit milofarm.com or on social media at milofarmkc on Facebook and Instagram. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave with us? We'd love to have you come out and uh, it feels super weird like talking about yourself. <laughs> I felt a little uncomfortable about that, like it was tooting my own horn or whatever. But uh, so I hope it didn't come off, off that way. But uh, no, we love it out here. We'd love to have anybody come visit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and of all ages, because just being in positive energy will help. Infants will help. You're 85. You know, I just, uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons that COVID came to humanity at this time is that people weren't stopping and slowing down and smelling the roses and getting outside. And that's the other reason, the synchronicity of the timing of Milo Farm. It's here for people, not just in the Kansas City metro area, but anywhere around the world to come and feel that the sacredness and the high frequency of the Midwest of the United States. You don't have to go to Sedona. You don't have to go to the Himalayas. You know, we've got portals and we've got um, healing our, uh, we have a fresh spring well that's got healing water in it. We, we haven't, you know, got into the history of the place, but um, this place is magical. And we'd love to share it with you, anyone. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you again soon. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.